We'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for April 18th, 2011. And we got just one more article here with some Bible verses to go over. Uh, this was a video sent to me by Michelle, and it's entitled, Bishop Eddie Long Cranks Up a New Dance Called Cross It Up. Now, this is the same devil that uh, has been rightly accused by four young black men of him uh, befriending them in the church, uh, taking them under his wing, and sexually assaulting them for very long periods of time. And um, uh, we're going to play these video clips. I've kind of covered this in the past, but there's some other things I'd like to cover regarding this, just as a generality, because this is another thing that's going on a lot, I believe, in the church. I believe 2020 just had something come out the other night about in the independent fundamental Baptist churches, uh, girls being raped. I didn't watch it, but I heard about it. Girls being raped and, and then being shipped off, pregnant, and then they have the baby and they bring them back and they're in shame. And, you know, this is rampant in the church, not just the Catholic church. I'd say the Catholic church being the pinnacle. They're the most wicked faction of pseudo-Christianity. But I'm talking about this is rampant in all uh, forms of, of pretty much... 501c3 corporate Christianity that we have going on today. Not all, but to a large extent, this is an epidemic problem. And it brings a reproach, you know, on Christianity in general. And it's just one more reason why people point to Christianity and say, you know, I want nothing to do with it. You know, look at these hypocrites. They act like they're holier than thou. And they're doing all this garbage. They're, you know... And, you know, it, it's, it's hard to argue when you have so much of it that's come out. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and just play this clip here, um, and we're going to discuss this along the way. Okay, so this is a video, this is before all these allegations came out. I don't know, was it a year before what? And he's got a absolute mega church in Atlanta. I mean, it is thousands and thousands of people in this thing, okay? He's very, very, you know, popular. And this is what, what he does to get people worked up, fired up into an absolute froth and frenzy before they take the offering. I had to watch kind of the whole thing to understand what was this all leading up to. And it was all leading up to an emotional uh, thing that led up to everybody, you know, going up there and putting their offering on the altar so that they could be seen of all men essentially, is, is what how I view it. The Bible says when you give alms, let not your right hand know what your left hand is doing. It's not something we should do, be done to be seen among men, in other words, okay? And the Bible says when you do such a thing in such a way, verily you have your reward. You know, so sometimes, you know, if you give something to somebody, you can't help, you can't always do it in private, okay? But I'm, I'm talking, God knows your heart, you know? God knows your heart. So, um, I'm going to play this and we're going to comment along the way and, and he's got all this crazy music playing in the background and he's got all these people dancing and clapping and doing all this stuff. It's, it's an absolute frenzy what's going on here. So I'm going to go ahead and start this and uh, I think we're going to play this up to the about the minute mark here. So I'm just opening the atmosphere. That's his voice. This is the, the voice of the ch- uh, uh, basically uh Molester Eddie Long. Okay, uh, he's he's he's. I've seen him in some really strange religious garb. I've seen him with a priest collar on. In this particular video, he's wearing this like this frock 
I don't know what else you'd call it. It's like this, looks like he's wearing a dress almost, but it's kind of like open in the front. He's got all these crazy clothes that, that he tends to wear as well. Nixon was here. He said we were under an open heaven. And if we under an open heaven, and everything in God is yea and amen, I just got to get up. Yeah! Every time I say that, something coming through. So you might as well open up your hand and... Yeah, something's coming through, all right. Demons and devils and evil entities. He Evidently, anything goes because they're under an open heaven, which is something you hear a lot. It's particularly in Pentecostal circles as well. I remember that phrase being used a lot. Yeah! 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 So now they're going into full-blown dance. He's the one screaming, yeah. And now they're doing this thing where they're putting their hands over their head and they're, they're crossing their hands. And it's called Cross It Up. And this is the dance move they're going to do for... Oh, I mean, they do it for about eight minutes. Yeah! 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 Cross it up! Cross it up! Cross it up! Cross it up! Yeah! 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 Okay, so we had enough of that. He's dancing around like a total idiot fool. The Bible says that when you're in, in the house of God, let everything be done in decency and in order. And that we ought to know how we should behave ourselves in the house of God. It's not a place you go and you act irreverent like a crazy, total idiot. I know, I've been there in the whole Pentecostal thing. Okay, so, you know, I was one of the most radical. But it didn't make, when I did it right either, I don't think I ever this kind of stuff, this kind of stuff is way over the top. I mean, uh, I've never seen really this dynamic going on to this extent because, I mean, it's like literally the whole church is doing this. So now I'm going to go to about the eight-minute mark. Now, what he does in, at one portion is he talks about he, he talks about people all come up to the front and they're dancing and this and that. And then he says, where's my, where's my young people? And that sounded real weird in light of the fact that, you know, it wasn't more than a year later and he was, he was, a, you know, had four different black men that were on the payroll of the church, real good looking black, young black men that were all accusing him of the exact same thing. And um, the fact that he wanted to see his young people up there dancing in front of him, you know, just... Really, really creepy, creepy stuff. But I'm going to go to about the eight-minute mark here. And here. Okay, now the frenzy's over. Now now what they do is they work you up into a froth and a lather. And then what they do is they bring it back down. Okay, now they all got their hands. They've all got their hands above them. They're all crossed. They're all over their head. Um... Now it's, it's the quiet time. Now it's time to get reflective. Now it's time where they're really working their way up to get that offering, to get that maximum offering. And we get as much milk, as much money out of this bunch of sheeple people as we possibly can. I don't care who's been groomed and positioned for your place. You didn't hear what I said. 
I don't care who's been groomed and positioned for your place. Now, just so you know, what he's talking about here, because I skipped a lot, he's talking about, I don't care who's groomed and positioned for your place. He's talking about, and this is this this is working up to this this uh, donation. He's he's trying to get the, of, of the you know of everybody giving. What he's saying is, is it doesn't matter who's groomed the position for your place uh, uh, in the workplace is what he's in reference to. Okay, so in other words, you're at a job, and he says, I don't care who's been groomed or positioned for your basically pr- the promotion you would like to have. I don't care who's been that's done. You, if if you're obedient, essentially the the implication, what he's implying heavily here, is if you give this money, you give to this church, you give to supposedly, you know, this great house of God and to me, then you're going to get that position. Even though you may be totally ill-equipped, totally ill-qualified. Now, he doesn't say that part, but it's true. I mean, what if somebody had worked 10 years to gain a position, and then all of a sudden, you have some guy who's totally ill-equipped, ill-qualified, and he jumps over them and he gets the thing. Well, that happens a lot with, like, nepotism. Like, somebody in the family comes in, and then they take the job that rightfully should belong to another. Well, this is what he's openly condoning in public. But he's saying you're going to get it because, you know, you've given this money. And it, it's it's like unrighteous, uh, you'll get it, even though it's not right, it's unrighteous, you'll still get it because you did this. You gave this money. It's the whole name it and claim it. It's the whole, you know, uh, this this thing about, you know, it's, it's the whole really Pentecostal, particularly Pentecostal, charismatic mentality of, you know, you you give here and and God will bless you, you know, a hundredfold and all this other garbage. You know, I'm not saying God can't bless you. And I'm not saying we shouldn't give, okay, because it's better to give than receive. And the Lord loveth a cheerful giver. But as a man has purposed in his heart, so let him give. That's what the Bible says in the New Testament about New Testament giving. Okay? As a man hath purposed in his heart, so let him give. For God loveth a cheerful giver. Okay? Um this type of giving, number one, it's going to a corrupt, wicked, 501c3, horrific, you've got this pedophile, homosexual, child molester at the head of it. Do you think God's going to honor a dime of that money? I mean, that's an abomination. You're just giving, it's like giving it to Satan. So it's very important where you put your money. Very important. I mean, if you reap what you sow, and you're sowing into a wicked, corrupt, you know, 501c3 corporate whore, not saying, I'm not condemning every single 501c3 pastor, a lot of them don't know, but the fact remains is that so many of them are lukewarm, and so many of them have all kind of corruption in in terrible things going on in these churches, a lot of it behind closed doors that we don't even know about. You know, you just got to be real careful where... You know, because you do reap what you sow. There is, and I've done a whole teaching on this called the New Testament uh, concept of giving versus the Old Testament Levitical tithe. There's a big difference. Okay, again, that's hardly ever, ever taught or preached on. You can find that if you do keyword searches on contendingfortruth.com. If you can't find it 
on contendingfortruth.com. There's other links on the sidebar that you can go and scan, and they, they have all my teachings. But anyway, let's go further here. God has crossed his arms. And the hand of the Lord is upon you. And he is leading you. I got news for you. He ain't leading them if they're at this church. How could he be leading them to this church under this sick pedophile homosexual pastor? And then and then God be leading them in all other aspects of their life. How is that possible? Oh, now he's starting to cry. Now he's starting to cry, and everybody's like, oh, you know, oh, he really does care. This guy's a really good actor. Following a script, and that those tears, those crocodile tears, are probably going to get him another, ooh, I mean, the church that size, probably going to get him another 10, 20, 30,000 bucks on this, on this offering. I mean, you know, all on cue. Now, he, he sat down. He's so overwhelmed with emotion. He sat down, and they're all patting his shoulder, and oh, he's just a wonderful, wonderful pastor. So now, let's go to the next, um, the, the next uh, part on this, and let me just see where we're at here. Okay, so we're going to play this up to 140 mark. Cross it up, part two. Okay, now this is the part two of this, and this is only a few minutes long. Now what we're seeing is he's, he's you know, uh, I'm not exactly sure what happened in between, but, you know, he was bawling, and, and now he's back up at the pulpit, and he's kind of talking. And as he's talking, all of these um, people, most of them are black women, and I'm not being prejudiced. I'm saying that the church is almost 100% uh, black. I'm not saying it's a white or black thing. I'm just telling you. Stating facts here. I'm not prejudiced, okay? Some of my best friends are black people, okay? I mean, honestly, I'm not. I'm just saying, you know, there's some, there's some, uh, this seems to be mostly black women coming up. They've got the altar, and in order to, I guess, I don't know whether they're not passing a plate, I guess they want to make you feel real special, and maybe you feel real special. You come up to the altar, and you put it down, essentially, at the foot of the altar where he's preaching, so I guess you know you can be seen among all men. Switch his hand. Say to switch his hand. Tell him he's got his hands on me. He's got his hand on me. He's got his hand on me. He's got his hand on me. I got his hand on me. I know there's other people you think deserve what's about to happen to me, but favor Joseph ain't fair. I said favor Joseph ain't fair. I said favor Joseph ain't fair. 
So see, it's not fair that they're going to get this promotion or they're going to have this favor, but because they've been faithful, they've given money to this 501c3 corporate Laodicean devil church with a homosexual pedophile pastor, they're going to have favor, even though that's not fair, even though it's not fair to the other person that deserves the promotion, favor ain't fair. I just want you to understand what the implications are here. Get yourself up. Dust yourself off. You're not disqualified. There is a switch in. And you've got the hand of God. See, the switch is the person that was supposed to get the promotion. That's going to be switched up. That's why they were doing cross it up. Because God's going to cross it up. You understand the, the implication here? It's totally unjust and unrighteous. But, you know, that's that's what... That's what they get for their, uh, their, uh, you know, it's, I guess, you know, some people send out magic prayer cloths and some people do this and that. This is his scam. Yeah! And the people are just coming up like crazy given all their offerings. to die, but he shifted his hand. You were scheduled, some of you were scheduled to get laid off Monday. I'm here to tell you, he's messing with your employer right now. He can't let you go. He's going to scratch his head and say, I was supposed to let you go, but I don't know how to do that. Yeah, I got it in the atmosphere. You ain't going to get laid off. You're going to get promoted in the name of Jesus. This and, and how many people will will go in this supposed prophecy, because this is basically what this is, this predictive prophecy, when it doesn't happen? How many of those same people who are given all this money thinking they were going to, are going to just ignore that and go back to the next ch- church service like nothing ever happened? See, that's what got me out of the Pentecostal church. I had people coming up to me. You know, so, Brother Scott, I got a word of God for you, and this and that. And a lot of times, I mean, every time, whatever they told me, it didn't come to pass. And I I started thinking, you know, if they're of God, if they're hearing from God, what they're saying should come to pass. According to Deuteronomy 18, which is the test of a prophet. Now, the punishment, Deuteronomy 18, was death for the prophet, if if, if he got things wrong. But today, you know, they could say stuff like that, and people go on their merry way, because... Particularly with these Pentecostal-like, charismatic-like congregations, emotionalism in the flesh gets so involved, they just go from one false prophecy to the next, and it's like as though the last one didn't even happen. They get so demonically blinded that they just go their, their merry way and they stay in this garbage, even though there's all these red flags. It's very hard to break free from. Okay, that's that's all I'm going to play on that. Um, that I think you've got the gist uh, of good old Eddie Long, at least for that. Now, um, this we're going to segue now into. This is the same man that was up there screaming and, and talking about you know 
all the stuff. We're going to play the next YouTube clip, um, which is entitled Bishop Long and His Accusers. And I'm going to go ahead and roll this one up to the 51 second mark. At the annual Gospel Choice Awards, an array of musical talent, big name performers, and 10 pastors single out for their service in the community. It's perhaps the religious leader not here who garnered most of the attention, prosperous megachurch leader Bishop Eddie Long. There are so many dynamics involved in an event like this. Uh, speculation and conjecture are not wisdom at the moment. The head of New Birth Missionary Baptist Church is accused of coercion by four male members of his congregation. Each tells a similar story of Long approaching them in their early teens, indoctrinating them as spiritual sons, and offering them money, cars, and trips to exotic locations. When all See, he had an absolute pattern. He used the same pattern because it worked with every one of them. And as, they, as he took them under his wing, uh, what was happening is, is the more time they spent with him, the more control the more demonic control he was wielding over them, to the point where he was finally able to start having uh, sex with them. You know, it's, it's, it happened with every one, and there's just four that have come forward, there may have been more. They were all on the payroll, and this was his wicked, evil devil pattern. And you got all these other pastors up there, and none of them want to say anything derogatory or bad about the guy, most likely because they probably got so many skeletons in their closet, they don't want to open their mouth about this guy. Now, maybe that's not the case, but... You know, at that level, when you're at that level of mega church ministry, I mean, you know, there's so many compromises. There's so many ways that you have we would have had to have sold out in order to get to that level. You know, uh, that who knows, you know, what's going on with them as well. So let's go further. All young men turn 17 or 18. They say their relationships with Bishop Long turned sexual. For these men of the cloth, they say prayer is the best option right now. Uh, our, um... So it's just just pray about it. That's all we're going to do. We're just going to pray about it. We don't want to do anything or say anything. Okay. All right. Well, I'm not I'm not against prayer, but um, let's listen let's listen to a little bit more of what's going on here. Uh, this is an accuser of Bishop Eddie Long speaks out. This is one of the boys that he. <coughs> Until now, he has just been a name on a lawsuit against a well-known Georgia pastor. But a young man who says he was vulnerable and fell victim to Bishop Eddie Long's advances is now speaking out. Here is Fox's Ainsley Earhart. While you can sit in front of the church and tell them that you categorically deny it, you can't say that to our face. And you know this. You are not a man. You are a monster. One of four men suing megachurch Bishop Eddie Long talks of the abuse and his shame. This man manipulated us from childhood. Paris is 23 now. He says the pastor gave him cash, clothes, and trips to lure him during his teen years. And in exchange, told him to call him daddy. This man turned his back on us when he had no more need for us. That's not a father. That's a predator. On Sunday, Bishop Eddie Long spoke out for the first time, equating the lawsuit to a fight of biblical proportions. I feel like David against Goliath. But I got five rocks, and I haven't thrown one yet. The, the fact that God, I, I mean, the fact that he said that, David versus Goliath, as though he is on the side of righteousness. This devil from the pit of hell 
is on the side of righteousness. He's going against Goliath, which he would equate to these four uh, boys that he molested. We're on the payroll. I mean, same pattern every single time. The fact that he would say that is just, it's, it's incomprehensible. There's going to come a day, I really believe, that when God's going to start consuming these people. Uh, fire raining down, a pillar of fire from heaven. I don't know how it's going to happen. But their lies, I, I, judgment must begin at the house of the Lord. So I'm fully expecting at some point for this to actually start happening. Um, uh, it's just unbelievable the, the, what this guy's saying. No denial in his Sunday sermon. The city of Atlanta is reacting to the scandal. He was very convincing. Uh, you know, I find it hard to believe that um, a young man would stand in the camera in front of everyone and um, put himself on the line. Well, God's going to take care of Bishop Eddie Long. We need to step in and make sure these boys are okay. It's an emotional struggle for the plaintiff. I cannot get the sound of his voice out of my head. And I cannot forget the smell of his cologne. And I cannot forget the way that he made me cry many nights when I drove in his cars on the way home. Not able to take enough showers to wipe the smell of him off of my body. Long is spoken. I mean, that is gut-wrenching what that guy just said. I mean, God bless him. That is, can you imagine? Uh, I mean, man, I do not believe these guys are lying. I detect, I do not detect guile or deceit. Four of them, same pattern, same story, four young men, all on the payroll of this church. You know, <laughs> it's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Out against gay marriage, his 25,000 member church offers counseling to encourage homosexuals to go straight. Long was reportedly paid more than $3 million in salary in one single year. Ainsley Earhart, Fox News. $3 million in one year. Oh, okay, let's go to the next one. shocking many Americans on this night. One of the country's most famous Christian pastors is being accused of having sex with members of his church. Not just any members. We're talking about teenage boys. He may have met when they were as young as 14 and then according to the allegations may have had uh, relationships with them after they turned 16 and above. In a lawsuit, two men in their 20s now are saying the bishop, Eddie Long, took them on trips, gave them gifts, bought them a car, gave them cash, gave them jewelry, all as a ploy to have sex with them. And they say it was the church's money that he was giving to them. His lawyer is denying the allegations, but I want you to listen to some of the most graphic details in this lawsuit, straight from the attorney who shocked many tonight when she stood before cameras and told this story of Eddie Long. Here she is. There, the pastor started to do what adult pedophiles do with younger, younger people, which is starting to spend time with them, casually watch TV with him and lay his legs on him, and then ask him to massage him, and then start explaining to him how special he was to him, and it was special for the bishop to be able to spend time with them. They did devotional readings together. He was over there on a regular basis at this house. Eventually, it turned into such a relationship 
that the bishop had a ceremony with Anthony Flagg called a covenant. Within that covenant, it was essentially a marriage ceremony where there was a candles, exchange of jewelry, and biblical quotes given. A candles, it's like a marriage ceremony. Candles, exchanges of jewelry, quote, Bible quote. The, the fact that this, this devil would bring the word of God into this. But what he would do is he would manipulate certain scriptures to say, you know, basically, you need to submit to those in authority over you. And I mean, submit to the point of being, you know, sexually molested is, is how far this devil from the pit of hell carried it. In order for Anthony to know and for the bishop to tell him, I will always have your back and you will always have mine. He would use biblical stories to talk about how important it was to follow your leader and your master and let him know that the acts that he was engaged in were not necessarily meaning that he was a homosexual or that either of them was, but rather the pastor, Bishop Long, was releasing his passion and his love for Anthony. Meantime, we have Maurice Robinson, and while Anthony's living in this house, he's bought a Mustang car, He's given money. He is on the payroll of New Birth Missionary Baptist Church, as reflected by the federal tax returns. And he starts to travel with the bishop. He goes to the W Hotel in New York Times Square. He goes to the W Hotel in Dallas, where Anthony specifically remembers that he saw the zoo in town and that he wished he had gone to the zoo but instead, on that trip, he accompanied the bishop everywhere the bishop went, including sharing a bed in the same hotel room on that trip and many others. They joined this church, and the next thing he knows, he starts to immediately get to know the bishop. And the bishop, this is a very handsome young man, very charismatic young man, who wants nothing more to do what a lot of young African-American males want to do, like their idols of being in the music business, perhaps. And he introduces him to famous people. He meets T.I. He meets Chris Tucker. He meets um, all Tyler Perry. He meets all kinds of famous people in the company of Bishop Long. And Bishop Long gives him a car. In fact, Bishop Long lets him drive his Bentley automobile. That's right. Bishop Long has a Bentley, or the church does, whoever owns it. And allows a young man at 17, 18 years old to drive it around. Well, I mean, he's making $3 million a year. He can afford a Bentley. You know, there's a lot of biblical precedents for that. I mean, Jesus Christ said the Son of Man hath nowhere to even lay his head. And, you know, the apostles, they, they were really just filthy rich rolling around in the dough, right? I mean, you know. No, there's just no biblical precedents for it. You know, not New Testament. But, you know, that's just that's a whole other story. The feeling of power. And he gives him money, and he puts him on the new birth missionary payroll, which again will be reflected by the 1040 forms that he received. And in fact, Anthony has just in the, the accounting and the payroll over $11,000 of payments on the payroll from New Birth Bishop, New Birth Church, as an employee of a 17 or 18 year old young man. And that's not counting the cash, the gifts, and the trips. He too went on a number of trips, but for Anthony, but for Maurice, he was a little bit tougher because his mother and father were both in his life, and yet his mother recounts how the bishop, she thought there was nothing better for her son in their entire life to be handpicked 
as a personal um, attendant around the bishop. Crossing the line in which you have sexual contact of any sort with your parishioners, and particularly vulnerable young men that you're supposed to protect. It's our belief that these two are just two of the brave ones who are willing to come forward. And I'm going to tell you now, you all are going to be chasing them around for interviews. And now, this was when there was only two that had come out. There was two more that came out after that. And I'm not putting them through that. For them to sit down and reach out and tell me what happened, and it is the gory details in this complaint of the sexual acts that occurred, is more than enough, and we did not hide their names. This is not a John Doe lawsuit. But at the same time, they don't need to be in front of cameras. They will tell this in a deposition, and they will tell it to a judge. A couple of quick caveats tonight. Uh, first of all, uh, many of you have been asking about the bishop. Uh, yes, he is married, uh, and he has uh, several children, as is uh, shown in his uh, website. That interestingly enough, has just crashed, and we've been trying to get back to it, but we looked at it earlier in the day. As to this attorney, B.J. Bernstein, if she looks familiar to many of you, it's because she was the attorney who crusaded on behalf of a young man named Gennaro Wilson. Gennaro Wilson was a young African-American man growing up in uh, Georgia, outside of Atlanta, who was uh, unjustly accused of being a sexual predator. Uh, and she stayed on his case until she finally was able to get him released from prison. Uh, that's just some uh, information you might need as you filter through the story. Obviously, this is a still developing story. Uh, we will monitor all the details as they come in, and as soon as we hear. Okay, so that was that was when the story first broke, and um, then another uh, short video clip is this is his fourth accuser. Only one way to God. You know, that's the truth. I wasn't free till I I came out with it. That's the guy. Now he kind of rambles this guy, but this is the fourth accuser. The there's of you know that came out last about you know Bishop Eddie Long um, sexually abusing him. That's when my life's been much better. This last this last week has been free. This is a hard time for the world. And the reason he's saying the last week has been free is because he actually finally brought a. Uh, a lawsuit against him. They're showing the lawsuit. You know, I, I have no hate for anyone because that's not God doesn't produce hate. And um, I just, you know, I pray for everyone. You know, especially Bishop, especially Bishop, because he knows the truth. He knows the truth. I pray for him too. I really do. But once God's time is ready for it to expose everything, it's going to happen, and and. I just pray, I just want people to know to keep praying, keep praying for our strength and for us getting through this. Now, I agree with what he's saying about praying and and praying for them, but when it comes to Eddie Long, from a biblical standpoint, what needs to be done with this devil is to turn this wolf in sheep's clothing over to Satan. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Now I've done a whole teaching on this called Delivering Over to Satan. Now this is something that you hardly will ever, ever hear preached on. And I give you the link here in the PDF. It's going to be on about page 11 or 12 of the PDF for um, April 19, 2011. And you can click on that and hear that. I'm just going to give you a brief overview of that teaching so you kind of have an understanding. In this teaching, we will start off with just a short Bible study regarding the end times, 
Um, back then, I used to incorporate everything into just one big mega part, and I eventually ended up splitting things up. And and um, but I did cover this subject in this teaching. So after we do a, a short Bible study, uh, then you will see the startling parallels. Uh, uh, these verses have to modern-day America and the apostate churches. Now, we will then discuss 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and uh, mandates this portion of Scripture set forth regarding our duty as Christians to judge sin in the church. We're supposed to judge those within the church. Okay, And, and you can read 1 Corinthians chapter 5 to verify that. Um, uh, as a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. That's one of the phrases that's used actually in that portion of scripture. Um, we will look at what scriptures mean regarding deliver such an one over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh because church discipline is almost non-existent in the vast majority of congregations. It has allowed sin to run rampant in the church, which in turn has allowed corruption to seep into the church like never before. In other words, because we're not judging sin in the church and the pastor should be at the most highest accountable level, it has allowed all this vile garbage to come into the church. Here you have a vile homosexual pedophile, or bisexual pedophile, that is at the head of this 501c3 corporate uh, monstrosity. Uh, he's doing all the stuff, and in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, it, it was that a, um, a man had taken his father's wife to basically, you know, be with. I don't know if it was his stepmother. Hopefully it wasn't his real mother. And the Bible goes on to talk about this and it said that you, you are proud and you're puffed up and, you, and you're glorying in your shame. These are things they were actually glorying in their shame about. And he said, um, when you're come together, deliver such an one over to Satan, this man that had done this, for the destruction of the flesh that the soul may be saved. This is what they should be doing with this devil... Uh, Eddie Long, he's not a bishop, he's not qual- He's totally disqualified. He's not qualified for any ministerial label other than reprobate. Um, you know, there's biblical qualifications for a pastor. And he is so far from any biblical qualification for a pastor. You know, and, and but this is just condoned and let go and in the church nobody judges sin and there's no judgment in the church whatsoever. The Bible says he who is spiritual judgeth all things. The kind of judgment we want to avoid is hypocritical judgment which is when you have a beam in your own eye and you judge the speck in your brother's. But he who is spiritual judgeth all things. Jesus Christ said judge righteous judgment. We should be judging these types of things and this man should be held accountable. He should have been um, ran out of that church a long time before this ever even happened. But as the Bible says, my people love to have it so, and we're actually going to look at that verse here um, in relation to that. So if you want to hear that teaching, well, it's, it's up there. We're just going to end with some Bible verses. Titus 1.16, this would be like regarding somebody like this Eddie Long. They profess they know God, but in works they deny him. I would say, you know, pedophilia, homosexual pedophilia would kind of be in works they deny him, you know, that would fall under that classification. Be it abominable and disobedient and, 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 and unto every good work reprobate. 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen through 15 says, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. How, I mean, I don't know what percentage of 
so-called pastors or bishops or elders or deacons would fall into this classification. That's, that's up to God to judge, but I would have to say it's growing and growing and growing as we get further and further into the end times. It says, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as ministers of righteousness. See, they're Satan's ministers, but they appear as ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. We talk about no fear of God. 2 Peter 2, 17-19 says, These, like Eddie Long and all his ilk, are wells without water, clouds that are carried with a tempest, to whom the midst of darkness is reserved forever. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, did you hear some great what swelling words of vanity in, in the, his rantings and ravings and unbiblical garbage he was getting into? They, um, they speak great swelling words of vanity. They allure through the lusts of the flesh. Oh yeah, if I give this money, I'm going to get that job. I'm going to get that promotion. I'm going to get this blessing. And even though there's other people that are more qualified for it. I mean, that's just a, this is just one example. Okay, They allure through the lusts of the flesh. Through much wantonness, those that were clean escaped from those that live in air. That's why I tell people it's much better to not go to a church like that and be infected and infested with whatever devils or demons are operating through that abomination of a pseudo-church. It would be better that you got, went to no church at all than attend a devil church like that. You do not, you know, those that are clean escape from those that live in air. That's, you know, something that, you know, you want to do. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, the same he is brought into bondage. So if you go to one of these 501c3 churches, and if you first get there, you might think like, oh man, this is garbage. This, this guy's so fake and phony. And then all of a sudden you keep going. And then all of a sudden you start buying into this. What is that? Well, it's demons. Those demons are slowly blinding you to the truth. And before you know it, you're in, you're in lockstep unity with this garbage. I know, I've been there, done it. You know? So, you got to be really careful. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And I mean, I'm telling you, a lot of these people, they call themselves Christians, but they're not Christians. They're following a devil. They're following a man. And the Bible says, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and that maketh flesh his arm, and his heart departed from the Lord. You want to follow the word of God, Jesus Christ. And if what they're saying doesn't line up with the Word of God, and I mean, I, all, all you, I mean, if, if I was there one time, what starts to happen to me is when I hear people preach, I start comparing what they're saying with the Word of God. It's just like a, a mental Rolodex almost, and the Holy Spirit will cause things in my mind. Certain Bible verses will start popping up in my head, and I'll say, "Hey, that that doesn't line up. That that doesn't line up with this verse. That doesn't line up with that verse." Now, I'm not saying that because I say I'm perfect and I've got it all figured out, and I'm the only one that's, that is operating in truth. I would never, ever say that. But I'm saying that's what tends to happen to a person, particularly if you've memorized a lot of scripture. Those verses will start popping up in your head, and Jesus Christ said, when I go, it's expedient that I go, and when I go, well, I will send the Comforter, and when the Comforter comes, the, which is the Holy Spirit, and he inhabits you as a born-again Christian, he will cause all things that I've taught you to be brought into remembrance. That's what Jesus Christ said. Well, the things that he's taught us are essentially the word of God. And they, they start to come into remembrance. And you start comparing that with 
the actions of a man or of a church. And then you can easily assess, is this place of God, is this man, or is this woman of God, or is it not? Jesus Christ said, by their fruits you will know them. A corrupt tree will bringeth forth corrupt fruit, and a good tree will bringeth forth good fruit. Now sometimes, you may have to be around that tree for a while to be able to identify, because they can bear, they can bring forth seemingly good fruit, but eventually, you know, particularly if you're praying about these things, the Lord will show you what's going on there. Um, let's go further. Um, so, for whom a man has overcome, the same he has brought into bondage. When you go to these churches and you stay in these churches, you will eventually be overcome, most likely, and then you are in, you become in bondage. It's satanic bondage. It's not like you walk out of there with metal chains on you. They're spiritual chains, essentially. Uh, Jeremiah five twenty six through thirty one says, "For among my people are found wicked men like Eddie Long, yeah, and like a host of others. They lay wait." As he that setteth snares. That's what I think that he does with these boys, these, these young boys. He lays wait. He setteth snares. He eyes them. He sees them come into the church. You know, he wants to have them. And then he starts this long, slow process that can literally take years and years and years until he finally gets to the point where they're so under his spell, under his power, that he can actually have sex with them. Uh, you know, just sickening. So he set a snares, they set a trap, they catch men. That's what he was doing. He was catching these young boys. Um, As a cage is full of birds, so are their houses full of deceit. Therefore they are become great and wax and rich. It doesn't say, no, they become poor and wax small. It says, no, when when you have these wicked men that lay wait, that set snares, that set traps, that catch men whose houses are full of deceit. Therefore, they are become great in waxing rich, meaning they've grown rich. What, like Eddie Long? Three million a year, driving a Bentley. They become great, 25,000 uh, congregation under this huge church building. Yeah. They're waxing fat. Yeah, they shine. I mean, you should see that he's got all his thousands of dollars of suits and jewelry and all the stuff he's wearing. He's waxing fat. You know, they shine, they overpass the deeds of the wicked. They judge not the cause, the cause of the fatherless, yet they prosper. So just because you see somebody prospering, like Benny Hinn or Creflo, give me a dollar, or T.D. Fakes or any of these other guys, just because they're prospering, that's no indication that they're men of God. Most of the time, that's an indication they've sold out to Satan. Jesus Christ didn't, wasn't walking around like that, or the apostles or these types of people. Yet they prosper, and the right of the needy do they not judge. Shall I not visit for these things, saith the Lord? Shall not my soul be avenged on such a nation as this? I would say collectively as a nation, we're pretty guilty regarding that. I mean, there's a church on almost every corner, and you have so much of the same garbage going on from church to church to church. A wonderful and horrible thing is committed in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely, that's, that's the norm, okay? And the priests bear rule by their means, meaning they're doing it their way, their interpretation of the way they think. It has nothing to do with the Bible. And my people love to have it so. Why? Because they want to have their ears tickled. That's why. They want to hear that good, positive, non-Bible-preaching you know, type of stuff. 
My people love to have it so. And what will you do in the end thereof? God's just giving them what they're begging for. 2 Timothy Timothy 4, 3 through 4 says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, which is what we're doing today, reproving the unfruitful works of darkness and having no fellowship, which, which is what we're commanded to do. We're supposed to mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which we have learned and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Romans 16, verse 17 and 18. So we're supposed to mark those which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned. I mean, have you heard anything contrary to the word of God with all the stuff about Eddie Long? And he's just one guy. I can't cover all these evil preacher guys. I, I can't. It's just, I'm only one person. I, I can only do so much. And um, there's a lot of other people that have already covered these things. You could do keyword searches on the internet and find a lot of these things. But reprove, rebuke. We're doing that. Exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. See, whatever you're going to do should be based in the doctrine of Christ. It shouldn't just be your own opinion. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Well, I would say if there was ever time when we're not enduring sound doctrine, today is the day and age for that, and it's only going to get worse. When you've got all these New Age Bible versions out there, that by itself, you're not going to abide in sound doctrine. Period. I mean, you got the churches being yoked up as 501c3 corporate entities that get their right to exist from the government. And if the government gave them the right to exist, it can take it away. Well, you can't, a, a master can't, a, a slave or a person cannot serve two masters. He'll either love the one and hate the other, or hate the one and love the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Okay, mammon being filthy lucre or money. Okay? Most of these men have chosen the broad path. They have chosen mammon. They have chosen the way of the world. They have chosen, you know, this lukewarm, I don't want to step on anybody's toes, non-biblical way. Well, they've chosen that way. The problem is, you go to those churches, you're on the same path they are, most likely. Unless you get out. You know, you don't, you don't, want, to, you don't want to mess with this stuff. So, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. That's where we're at. But after their own lusts, shall they heap to themselves teachers. See, there's more than, you know, people want this. They want to heap to themselves teachers. Not just one. Particularly, this, this dynamic would take place on, uh, on the whole Christian sky angel type of thing as well. Oh, you can just go from teacher to teacher to teacher and get your ears tickled one to the other to the other. Not to say all of them, but most of them. Heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from truth and shall be turned unto fables. Well, that's, that's the day and time we're living in. So this is just one more warning about that type of garbage that's going on you know, in the church. Um, there's literally thousands of Eddie Longs out there. Thousands of them. And, you know, uh, it's, it's a sad state of affairs, but the Bible clearly predicted that the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. That's where we're at. And Jesus Christ said in Matthew 24, the, the, one of the main earmarks of the end times, going in to the end times and leading into the tribulation, is be not deceived. And the way you're not deceived is by dwelling on and grounding yourself 
in the word of God, building your, building your house on the solid rock of Christ Jesus, and when the winds and the rains come and all these things come, your house will not be moved. Um, the, Jesus Christ said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So, you know, knowing the truth and the truth making you free is predicated on you continuing in his word. If you're reading the false Bible version, you got a big gigantic strike against you right there because you've got some new age counterfeit Bible in front of you. You're not even, you're continuing in a corrupt word. It's been corrupted. It's been leavened. So it's a big deal. Okay, you go to a 501c3 corporate church that's, that's a creature of the state that was given its right to exist by the state. That has, as its CEO, the pastor, and the board of directors of the deacons and the IRS gives them their right to exist. Where's that in the Bible? Where does it say that we're supposed to incorporate and become yoked up with the state and the government? I don't see any biblical New Testament precedent for that at all. None. It's garbage. There is none. And it will corrupt the church. And those are just a couple of the things that have happened in the last hundred plus years. Those are two of the main things that got the old satanic ball rolling to leaven the church up. Now, my word, you got so many things going on now, you wouldn't even know where to begin. So anyway, that's our teaching for today. I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time, um, this day you've given us, Lord. I, I praise you and I thank you for all your goodness and your mercy. Uh, I thank you, Lord God, for what Jesus Christ did on the cross, pay our sin debt to save our souls. I pray, Lord God, that you for, forgive us for any and all sins we have committed in any way, shape, or form. Lord God, as we forgive those who have sinned against us, I pray for your mercy upon us, upon the body of Christ, upon the innocent, the meek, the weak, the orphans, the widows, those that cannot defend themselves, Lord God. I pray that your truth and your word would go forth uh, mightily, Lord God, worldwide, that, that you would use um, these teachings and wherever your word or your truth is being preached mightily to save as many souls as possible, Father God, for it your will not, that not one would perish, but that all would come to repentance. Lord, I just pray that for your divine intervention in the lives of our unsaved uh, potential family members and, and um, possibly co-workers and friends and people like that, Lord God, that your fear would be upon them and that that fear would drive them to repentance. Um, godly sorrow worketh repentance, Lord God, and the goodness of the Lord leadeth thee to repentance. So I just pray whatever is necessary in, in a given situation that you would give them that. Um, I pray, Lord God, if you have to hang them out over hell, Lord God, and in order uh, to get them to understand their lost estate, that that's what you would do. That the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be pleasing and acceptable in thy, in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. That you would cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults. That they would not have dominion over us. That we would remember, Lord God, to put on the full armor of God every day. Putting on the breastplate of righteousness, our loins girded with truth, our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Putting on the helmet of salvation and taking up the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. We praise you for all your goodness and your mercy, Lord God. And in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we ask these things. Amen.